I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Ron and Anian. You know, the, the customer only has so many depths or levels to their pocketbook. They're going to get to a point where they say, you know what, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to go buy another car. And, and, and people do that. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. The car doctor. I would try taking them off by hand, uh, you know, because sometimes you just need that steady pull versus the bang, bang, bang of the gun. The bang, bang, bang of the gun is what distorted the lug nut in the first place. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, welcome to another week of auto repair here on The Car Doctor. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, been a busy week at the shop. We did an awful lot of things, and I've got an awful lot to talk to you about. But we're going to do something a little different out of the gate today. And we're going to bring back a longtime member of The Car Doctor family. I haven't talked to Jim Donnelly. God, it's got to be, I don't know if it's five or eight years, maybe longer. Um, he wears many titles in the automotive industry. He's uh, with Hemming Motor News. He's with Crankshaft Magazine. And he's got... Multiple awards and accolades is uh, so fittingly he deserves, and uh, he's going to stop by with us today, and we're going to talk about a recent article he wrote regarding Tucker. Remember Tucker, the story of uh, um, Preston Tucker and his Tucker automobile? He wrote a really great article um, that won industry awards for it, and we've, uh, we're going to bring him here with us right now. Jim Donnelly, welcome back, sir. It's been a while. 
It's a pleasure beyond words to be back with you, Ron. And uh, I'm glad to reacquaint myself with your audience. Well, I'm sure they're going to be glad to have you in about 20 seconds once we get you going. Um, you, you wrote a recent article. Well, let me ask. Let me, let me excuse me a second. Let me do this the right way. What was your first car? I always do this with every every automotive guy I ever bring on. I've never asked you that question. What was the first car that lit your fire? Real quick, in two minutes or less. Okay, I'm not sure it lit my fire other other than when I tur- twisted the ignition key to engage the ignition. But my first car was inherited as a hand-me-down from my father, and it was a 1966 Ford Galaxy 500XL four-door hardtop, so there was no center pillar, and it was uh, powered by the two-barrel version I don't know the code letter, unfortunately, but it was the two-barrel version of the 352 FEV8 backed by a um, C6 automatic transmission. See, only, only One of the first things I learned when I was driving that car was that um, the, the process of getting it around a corner uh, required a lot of hope and a lot of... Um, Imagination? imagination certainly but also uh, a belief in the hereafter and that things are just going to work out no matter how bad they look because the steering wheel in that car was only vaguely connected to the suspension system it was totally devoid of feel it had a really narrow plastic rim on it uh bisected by a horn rim and if you um tried to put the car even into a moderate turn at highway speeds, you could just feel the vagueness and the constant need for correction as you went by what should not have been a white knuckle driving experience. See, only a car guy would go would say three fifty one two barrel C six describe the steering wheel because anybody else would go, I don't know, it had a V eight in it and it started. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's what makes you who you are, Jim Donnelly. Let's talk Thank about you. you know what else it had? Yeah. Manual drum brakes. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Every once in a while we get an older car at the shop, and it's got, you know, we had a 56 Chrysler wagon a couple of years back, and I had a customer picking up her car, and she was a short little thing, about five foot two. And she looked mm-hmm. at that, and she said, what's that? And I said, well, that, I said, in 1956, that's what you would have been driving versus, you know, she, she was driving a Toyota RAV4 now. I said, this is what you would have driven. And I, I made her sit in the car. Power, no power steering, so manual steering, manual brakes, crank windows. And I said, now look behind you and imagine all the kids you have bouncing around the back seats, no seat belts, right? It just it's It was a different world. It, it, it really was, uh, you know, but um, yeah, you know, drum brakes. Yeah, it makes you appreciate the enormous technological advances that have gone into even entry-level automobiles in the decades since then, and they're still taking place to this day. Yep, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I, I remember when rack and pinion steering was only something I read about in a car magazine, and now, thankfully, uh, uh, everybody's got it. And um, uh, some people are even, some manufacturers are even, in, uh, as you know, are venturing into electronically controlled steering. Yeah. So it's a good time to be a car enthusiast. Yeah, it, it really is. Jim, let's talk about Tucker. Uh, you wrote an article for Crankshaft Magazine. It's won some industry awards. Uh, talking about the there was a uh, the only survive is it the only surviving Tucker or it's a sole Tucker forty eight tell us the story about this car. 
Okay, this this story, um, which is titled Preston's Prodigy, is about Tucker serial number 1044. And before I explain what that means, I think it's very important to make it clear for the benefit of the, of the, the listeners who may not know it, is that Tucker never built a production car. Never. Really? Of all the car, the Tuckers that were in existence, and I believe there were, I should know this off the top of my head, I believe there are 51 of them. Um, but of all, yes, there were 51. Thank you, Mike. My guess was correct. But each and every one of those cars is a pre-production prototype, which means that all of them are different. No two Tuckers are the same in every characteristic. And every Tucker prototype had its own set of blueprints. So to to recreate a, a car or to restore a car, an existing Tucker, it, it's potentially a minefield because it's very easy to get it wrong. And to do it right requires an enormous amount of research uh, involving records that are not easily attained. And the fact that this particular Tucker is the only one that was ever restored with the direct participation and assistance of the Tucker family makes it unique. This is a perfectly restored and certified accurate copy of the Tucker 48 and I'm going to stick my neck out here because, uh, again, there was never a production Tucker made. But I think that if there was, this is as close to what the final product would have looked like as it's possible to see today. What was was this one of the last Tuckers that they made towards the end of the assembly line run? I'm sorry, cause I don't remember what you said. What was the chassis number on this one? It's 1044, so yes, it is a late car. Okay, right, because that would have been the 44th car he made, correct? Right, right, and um, uh, and, and the car. Um, we should also introduce the listeners to the company that's most responsible for restoring it, which is Ida Automotive out of Morganville, New Jersey, a little bit south of you, which is known for exquisite. Um, painstaking and beautifully presented constructions from the ground up of specialty cars, many of which are shown at the SEMA show every year. So Ida Automotive really does a lot of contract work for the big three in terms of designing their show prototypes and building them. And the owner of the Tucker became aware of Ida's capabilities and asked them to take on the project, which was unusual for them because they don't do a lot of automotive restoration. They're into creating new and very exotic stuff from the ground up. So this represented a challenge to them. And Rob Ida and his team, uh, as the story makes clear, did some exceptional and highly labor-intensive work to return this car to what you see today. And where is this car shown now, Jim? It's been shown, well, actually, the story um, that I wrote for Crankshaft 
makes the point that the restoration was done on a very, very accelerated timeline because uh, Ida Automotive and the owner, Howard Croplick, were attempting to complete the car in time to show it at Pebble Beach. And they, they were still making final adjustments on the car inside the trailer as it was being transported to California from New Jersey. And the final detailing took place in, I believe, a hotel lot on the on the Monterey Peninsula. Wow! Just wow. before it was time to put the car in the field. How many? How many? How and, many? How many Tuckers are left, Jim? Off off the top of your head, do you know? Are they all they are, are they all accounted for? I I should know that answer, and I don't. But I believe that most of them are accounted for, and I believe one of the ones that's not accounted for is the one that was actually raced in NASCAR. There was actually a dealer-backed Tucker racing team, and I've seen photos of that car racing at tracks in Ohio. Wow! I'll tell you what, Jim. Other than that, yes, I believe most of them are accounted for. But the problem is that most of them are not accurate. Right, right. Jimmy, let's let's pull over, take a pause. We're up against the clock. Stay, stay right where you are. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're here with Jim Donnelly, uh, Hemmings Motor News, Donnelly on Wheels, Crankshaft Magazine, Noted, uh, etc. He's all over the place. He's our automotive journalist. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so. Exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Fun, 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 
what's more fun than listening to Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call. Now, back to Ron. Welcome back, listeners. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor. We're here today with Jim Donnelly of, well, Crankshaft Magazine, Hemings Motor News, and a host of other industry uh, magazines, and we're glad to have him here with us. We're talking about Tucker, the Tucker Automobile, and the restoration of Tucker number 1044. Jim, you're still there, sir. Yes, I am. So, any idea on the length of time it actually took to get 1044 back together? The the timeline, Ron, was compressed because um, um, the car was highly incorrect when the owner, Howard Croplick, retired it. And... Um, the reason that the restoration had to take place in as short a period of time as it did, especially when you consider how exquisitely well they did it, uh, was that they had less than a year to get it done. In fact, I think it was less than eight months, if, if, as my memory serves me correctly, to get the car completely restored from a completely incorrect example and to make the show field at the Pebble Beach Concord d'Elegance in California, which was presenting a reunion of all the surviving Tuckers. Um, That is something that Pebble Beach does very well. Those gatherings uh, attract global attention. I can tell you this because I was at the Ferrari GTO reunion that they put on for Hemmings Motor News, and... This car required an enormous, the Tucker, I should say, required a significant amount of work to try to get it not only presentable and mechanically sound, but to make it accurate. And the accurizing process, the historical research that was required to make that happen is, to me, by far the most fascinating part of this story. Were Tucker's, was the Tucker family involved in the restoration of this vehicle, Jim? Two of Preston Tucker's grandsons named Sean and, um, and Mike were involved in the restoration from the outset uh, because uh, the, the reason was is because Ida Automotive uh, at the time that this project came uh, came over their their doorstep, was already in the process of creating a um, a recreated Tucker that was going to be uh, something of a street rod for display at the SEMA show. So Rob Ida at Ida Automotive, who was in charge of of, of Howard's project, already knew. The um, uh, the the grandsons of Preston Tucker, Sean and Mike Tucker, both of whom are mechanical engineers, and he recruited them into the project because of something that they had that was absolutely vital, and that's access to the original Tucker blueprints, including the complete set of blueprints that existed for number 1044, and to make it absolutely correct after an incredible amount of precision metalwork had to take place 
to make the car structurally sound. Jim, what do you think happens, God forbid, 1044 needed a fender or a, or a major body part? Are there body parts out there for something like this, or is it all hand-constructed and pressed? There, there, there's no parts whatsoever. There are none, because all these cars were prototypes. So what you would have to do is um, fabricate the part, which Ida Automotive is capable of doing, but you would have to fabricate the part using tr- traditional metalworking uh, skills based on a design that you would obtain from the blueprint. Now, that wasn't necessary in um, in the terms of in terms of Tucker 1044. But what was necessary was for Ida Automotive to go over the entire car and using hand-formed sheet metal to fill in areas that were so deteriorated uh, and so thin from when they were they were first built. The sheet metal was, was of such a thin gauge because, again, the car was a prototype. Where Rob Ida and his team had to cut sheet metal to fit and weld it into place because before they did it, the body would actually respond to finger pressure and would pop in and out. Wow. Like bottom of an oil can. Wow. Remember the old fashioned sure, oil can? Sure, yeah, cans? sure. The little, yeah, on, on, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, that, listen, that we're going to... phenomenon is actually called oil can yeah, in, oil in the world of sure. uh, auto body fabrication. So they had to, they, they had to do that and, and use the original blueprints. But uh, probably a better example of what you're talking about, Ron, comes from where, or from, comes from the case study in which um, the car had to have a completely new Lucite dashboard nacelle formed. Jimmy, we're going to have to leave it there, babe. All right. You know what? Come back in July. Finish this up. Let's talk about this again in July, and uh, we can continue this conversation, and I'll give the listeners the website after we come back from the break. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent... 
you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. And we are back. And once again, I want to say thank you to Jim Donnelly. It was great to talk to Jim, right, and, and hear his stories. He's he's a fountain of information. We've got a lot to look forward to, Jimmy, as uh, we'll get him back in July and um, future shows. And uh, he can just he's he's an automotive historian. He we didn't even get into the where do we get him on the conversation about automotive dirt tracks and racing back in the day? Because Jim's an aficionado of that, and he can cite you know, dirt track racing from the forties and the fifties and what went on and um yeah, just 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 voluminous information inside that man's head. So uh Crankshaft magazine is where that article about Tucker is is placed. Now you can get out to crankshaftmagazine.com and I believe you have to purchase a subscription, but regardless, um you know, at least you'll know where it is and it's a quarterly magazine. I don't know more about it than that other than to say, you know, crankshaftmagazine.com and if Jim Donnelly's writing there, I'm sure there's some great articles about automotive history and uh, different things like that. So just uh, if you're into that, that's where you want to be. I want to talk to you about this uh, 2020 Jeep. I mentioned it last week in last week's show. You might have heard me talking about we had a recent 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee that the owner had gone away. They had gone you know, to Florida for a couple of three, four months. And when they came back, the battery was dead. Now, that's not completely unusual, right, uh, especially with a modern vehicle with the amount of electronics that are on them. And in a lot of cases, it's becoming the norm now to use some sort of a trickle charger or if you're parking the vehicle outside to do something like a solar charger. You know, there are solar charger kits you can purchase. Uh, they plug into the OBD2 port, you know, the OBD2, the diagnostic port under the dashboard to the left or the right of the steering wheel in that general vicinity. And a solar charger is is a neat thing because you know listen it's it's how they keep cars charged at the ports and on the dealer lots you know on the back lots before they bring them up to the front line to sell them. If you're somewhere in the country where there are vehicles being brought in, or if you ever look up at vehicles that are being trucked to you know the point of delivery to the dealership, you may see a little square tablet looking device suction cup to the inside of the windshield that is a solar trickle charger that's what that device does and it plugs into the obd2 port and it keeps the batteries alive because you know the cars do sit a little bit and 
there's a lot of computer draw. There's a lot of electrical draw with all the computers that are on cars today. So, you know, you want to obviously keep the battery up and well-maintained. Well, that's what they do. Now, you can purchase those on the outside. I found them on Amazon. I found them at the local auto parts stores. You know, read the reviews, see what makes sense. Uh, you know, it seems that they all seem to put out about the same. I haven't, I can't say that one works better in one vehicle than the other. Um, the idea is that you're just trying to give the battery a little bit of a charge on a daily basis and it'll keep the battery alive and awake until you return home or until you use the vehicle again. But regardless, this, this customer had gone to Florida. They were gone three, four months, like I said. And when they got back, their Jeep had a stone dead battery. Now the weird part, and we haven't, we don't know if this is still going to come back to bite us somehow, but the son-in-law had been starting the vehicle, you know, every couple of weeks. And he had started the vehicle about a week and a half prior to them coming back. And it started up. He didn't drive it, but he started it up. And, uh, you know, that was that. It, um, you know, he shut it off in the driveway and, and parked it and left the keys in the house and went on his way. They came home 10 days later and the battery's dead. Did he leave something on? I don't. I don't know that answer. I didn't. I wasn't there when they. You know, when they got home, I was there at the shop when it got jump started and driven down. So you know, I know from that side of it. But I've got to diagnose the car in front of me, right? Like I always say, the problem with the vehicle is that the radio display wasn't working. The radio was out, and they could control heat and AC through the manual knobs. All right, because they give you a choice of either touchscreen or regular manual knobs with tactile feel, and they could work it there. But they couldn't get anything else to happen. So what went wrong was their question. And this is not a high-mileage vehicle. This was a 7,900-mile vehicle. So I got into it. Where do you begin? You begin at the beginning. You diagnose like you're going to diagnose. And I sat down, and I, tr- I pulled codes, and I had a slew of vehicle codes, low voltage, communication, showing me that the network had gone down. The computer network inside the vehicle had, had dropped and became next to nothing, and then all of a sudden disappeared. And everything came back up, and when I cleared all the fault codes out of it, everything worked. All the modules made a connection, except, there's always an except when you hear me talking like that, except the radio. The radio was not online. I could see it plain as day. Uh, Just like I would go out to access an engine controller or a transmission controller or any other computer on the vehicle, I couldn't talk to the radio. It just didn't exist on the the network. The computer was down. No other way to say it. So where do you go? Well, you don't have to get crazy. You got to go with basics, right? Power and ground. Do you have power? Now, (laughs) where do you think Chrysler puts the fuse for the radio on a 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee. You know, they've got they've got two fuse boxes on the vehicle, one under the hood, one under the dash. Now, you would think there's room there somewhere, but no. They end up putting the fuse for the radio on this little cheesy, and that's the word for it, cheesy, meaning cheap, inline fuse holder. You know, what you would go down to the auto parts store and buy when you wanted to put a, an extra fuse in a vehicle. Uh, just an you know encapsulated rubber with a snap cap type fuse holder. I was floored. I I can't believe Chrysler would do this. Like, where's the logic? Was this an add-on afterthought? Probably was. And the really funny part was they tied the radio fuse into the auxiliary battery fuse because this vehicle had start-stop. They didn't put it on the main battery for some reason. 
So they provided main battery fuse, or I'm sorry, main radio fuse off the auxiliary battery. Guess where the auxiliary battery is? Under the passenger side front seat. So we had to take the passenger side front seat, shove it all the way forward, bring it all the way up, take the cover off, which was, as Danny said, a pull harder. You know, you have to take the cover and pull harder to get it off because it kind of snaps in place really well with this high-quality plastic. And, you know, sure enough, yeah, there's the auxiliary battery. There's the auxiliary battery. I'm sorry, there's the main battery, auxiliary and main. Well, you can't really get to anything. You have to take the auxiliary battery out. You can you can see the red wire, and it comes around off the positive cable, and it comes around the back of the battery compartment, and it feeds over to the right side where it's going to disappear in this grommet. But where that auxiliary fuse is, uh, it was just it was buried under a mass of electrical tape and plastic conduit, and you know it was it was just stuffed in there. It was horrible. Got the battery, got the auxiliary battery out, and I tested the auxiliary battery because I have seen where the auxiliary battery goes dead, and it because it powers up the radio, it will pull the radio down and create an issue. And now the auxiliary battery was okay; it had it had twelve and a half volts in it. So I pulled the auxiliary battery out, and I was able to move some of the harness around. And I found in a blue, it was blue in color, red wire coming in, orange wire going out. If I remember correctly, with a uh, with a 20 amp fuse in it for the radio, and the fuse was good. Okay, so now I put it back together, and I said to myself, you know, I've got it disconnected. What if the radio is locked up? This seems to be a very common Chrysler thing. I have to say that we seem to fix more Chryslers by this thought process than a lot of the vehicles that we see on a regular basis. But I said, what if this module, this radio, is locked up? I said, let me touch the negative and the positive cables together. I disconnected the main battery first, obviously. But I wanted to bleed down everything on that, and I bled down everything on the main battery and just let the vehicle sit there. Put the vehicle back together, put all the batteries back in, connected everything, hooked everything back up. And sure enough, the radio came up. The radio was working. So what went wrong? You know, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't have the answers. You know you fixed it. You know that the radio was locked up. Uh, you know, as I said to the customer, it could have been a couple of things. There's the possibility that the radio was seeing low voltage for whatever reason, and it just went into a lockdown state. It went into sleep mode, and it got caught in between, possibly at the same time the vehicle was trying to do an over-the-air update, because Chrysler will do over-the-air updates with their vehicles and try to you know update modules and Maybe it was caught in the middle, low voltage, and it just locked it up that way. Uh, you know, that's that's one possibility. The other is that the, perhaps the radio was left on by the son-in-law, and as the radio timed out, as the vehicle went into sleep mode, that the radio, that the voltage in the battery was just low enough that it pulled it down, and it caught it, and it it, it just it just jammed it up. You know, it's the same thing. You got to realize you're dealing with computers. It's the same thing as when you get when you get the cable box gets locked up that you can't record or the cable box gets frozen and the picture on the screen doesn't change or that computer that you're using on your desktop gets locked up and you have to do a reboot. So in the end, doing the reboot, fix this Jeep and it's down the road. It's working, customer's happy, it's back, it's alive. And I tell you this because there are times, you know, we've talked in the past, you and I, and I said, yeah, you don't want to start disconnecting batteries, but... You know what? I had my codes. 
I looked at all the data I wanted. I recorded everything. I wrote down what I needed to write down. I stored everything that I needed to store. I cleared codes. And yeah, then it, it is okay at times to pull battery cables and bleed a vehicle down just to see if you can re-educate it and uh, get it to start working again and make it smarter. Maybe that's the way to explain it. Um, but in any event, uh, it was just a, just a good story. Just, you know, not something you would expect. And if you're ever faced with that, you may want to consider treating it that way. Go through your diagnostic steps, but uh, maybe a module reset, we'll call it, will uh, will help get you back on the road like it did this Jeep. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anany, The Car Doctor, and I'm back right after this. Don't go away. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss. A common mistake that a lot of people do, they use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using oh. fabric softener. Oh. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Got my first real six string Bought it at the five and done Played it till my fingers bled Was a summer of 69 Hey, welcome back. Ron Nane, the car doctor. Um, let's do a quick piece of email. Nick from Australia. I like hearing from Nick. Nick's fun. Um, hi, Ron and Tom. Hope you're both well. Nick from Alphington, Melbourne, Australia again. Boy, that's a whole sentence of address there. I was watching a news report about a Mazda CX-9 that was hit by lightning recently and it caught fire. The engine bay was in flames and I've assumed that the battery exploded. It got me to thinking about what might happen if the same happened to an EV, given the size of its batteries. Is it known that could happen? Could it be one very big bang with all that current flowing through? It might be a question for the EV experts out there, as I've noticed you've mentioned the drama and putting them out when they've caught fire. I'm not an anti-EV person, by the way, quite the opposite. They're damn fast. Best regards, Nick from Australia from down under. You know, Nick, you uh, you make a good point. I don't know. 
you know, um, and I'm not, listen, I'm, believe it or not, I'm, I'm really not anti-EV either. I consider myself not anti-EV. I'm just trying to look for practical answers and, you know, trying to find the truth and what's really going to work and what's not. So, you know, when I read things like this, it's not to be disparaging about electric vehicles. It's to ask the questions, right? That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. I don't know. And it, it makes you wonder. Um, you know, there's some things about EVs that make you scratch your head and say, you know, is that more dangerous? There's a, you know, there's a story that, um, well, I think you heard me talk about it in the previous hour where I talked about the things you should stop doing with your Tesla immediately because of things that we do. Well, they're wrong. You know, we, we slam the hood. We, we use the wrong kind of material to clean the seats because electric vehicles are a very different animal um, compared to what we're used to with, you know, internal combustion engine vehicles. So, um, you know, you know, Nick, you, you make a great point. Um, I've got to think that the experts have thought about it, but I will take note and I will, uh, I will ask the next one or two that we run into is, uh, you know, we plan on putting some more up here on the show and I appreciate the question, you know, keep them coming folks. Cause that's what, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. That's what we're here for. And, uh, you know, I wonder what the development is, Nick, if you're out there listening, you know, what the percentage of EVs in Australia is, you know, are they adopting the vehicles um, as heartily, so to speak, as the United States? I wonder if, you know, the electrical, the ability to charge them electrically, obviously, um, if they're going to have the power, if they're going to have the uh, the charging stations and, you know, what's being done. Um, then again, they might have less legislation and less lead, less red tape than the United States, and maybe they can get it done faster. So, But, Nick, if you uh, get this, and um, you're so inclined, why don't you shoot us an email and just describe the EV situation down Australia way and uh, how well are they attacking it and making it work and, you know, what's the EV future of Australia? It's, um, it's an interesting thought to have. So anyway, let's pull over, take a pause. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. And I should point out, that number is, as I always tell you, that number is 247-855-560-9900. You can call it, leave a message anytime day or night. We're on the air Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time here in the continental United States. But you can call that 855-560-9900 phone number, leave a message, and we will call you back and put you in the next live broadcast. And we want you to get up here and be on the live broadcast because live broadcasts help everybody. So uh, don't go away. I'll be back right after this. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Why, this car is automatic. It's systematic. It's Hydromatic. Why it's a greased lightning? We are back, and uh, gee, what a what a crazy hour, right? We started off talking about Tucker, a car that was made in the late '40s, and we worked our way up into electric vehicles and everything in between. It shows you the variety and the the amount of complexity that the automobile, that method of transportation has. It's um, it's just crazy. I think I want to leave you this hour by saying, obviously I want to say thank you to Jim Donnelly and everybody that contributed to the show this week. I want to thank Tom Ray for helping uh, produce it, as he always does. Tom is the best in the business. I'm blessed to have that. And I just want to remind all of you that even as cars get more complex, you know, we still saw basics, right? That 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee with the locked-up radio. It still comes back to basic diagnostics, and that's the important thing to remember, that no matter how complex the problem, no matter how what degree of difficulty, it still comes back to you've got to work the problem one step at a time. If there's 15 steps, you got to go one through 15. Don't hopscotch and jump further ahead than you need to. Make sure you have your information written down. Make sure you're doing your research. Look at bulletins. Look for recalls. Look for service campaigns. Look for your information before you get too far into it. With that said, I just want to remind you, I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor, and I'm reminding each and every one of you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.